Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Around the Writer's Table. I am Gina Hogan-Edwards, one of the co-hosts of your podcast here, along with Kim Boo York and Melody Scout. And today we are going to be talking with Melody, continuing a conversation that started in our last podcast when we interviewed her a little bit about her work. And we're going to dive deeper into that now in talking about the five seasons. So Melody, would you like to kind of lead us into this conversation? Well, thanks, Gina. Um, Yeah, I would suggest going back and re-listening to the previous podcast because it'll flesh things out a little bit for you. But briefly, I wanted to go over um, sort of the precepts of uh, the structure that we plan to use when we're talking about the writing process It actually comes from my book, Soul of the Seasons, which is based on five element medicine, which is a part of traditional Chinese medicine. And in traditional Chinese medicine, uh, the ancient masters who studied the outer world and reflected on how the seasons and the changes in the outer world reflect things going on in our inner world, and they notice that each season element, so to speak, um, had certain qualities. So for instance, in spring, um, the element, fundamental element of spring would be wood, which signifies new growth, boundaries, the emotion of anger, and wood represents the plant world, which is about being flexible yet strong with um, also qualities of planning and good decision-making. Summer's element with fire comprises uh, of warmth, the community, passion, and the maturation process. And it includes the emotion of joy. In harvest or what some call the Indian summer represents the element of earth and offers us abundance, nurturing, the essence of mother, and the emotion of sympathy or the ability to have compassion and understanding for others on the deepest level. The season of fall represented by the element of metal is sharp and brittle element, but it efficiently separates what is of value from what is no longer useful. It's a season to both receive divine inspiration and to let go of what no longer serves us. And uh, understandably, the emotion, core emotion of fall would be grief about the letting go. Winter's element of water is where we go to hibernate, to rest, to face death, and to gestate new life. This is the womb of creativity, and this is where the seeds of our new visions fall for spring. 
The core emotion of winter is fear, which keeps us alert to possible danger and also able to act when needed. So the masters treated these as archetypal beings, a presence almost. And as we talk, they talked about them in, in terms of uh, beings and we can draw on this as a, uh, in our, in our creative process. And we'll learn what it looks like to move with and respond to each season and in both balanced and imbalanced ways. So that's just a brief overview of the five element process. And if you want to learn more about this, of course, uh, you can go to my website, um, Soul of the Seasons. There, it's hyphenated between each word.com. And I have a blog post and you can read about it more and write book. Thanks for that, for that overview. That kind of gives a, a framework for what we're going to be talking about over the course of a series of podcasts that we're going to focus on each one of the seasons. And today, of course, we are talking about spring. And I have a confession to make which is that I often tend to get stuck in this season. And our conversation today is going to um, kind of cover how spring relates to inspiration and creativity. And you will learn more about that as we continue our conversation today. Kimbu, is there anything that you wanted to say? I didn't even give you a chance to say hello this morning. Hello this morning. It's Kibu. I am uh, deep in the midst of editing one of my books. So I tend to be kind of brain dead a little bit right now a lot. So thanks for putting up with me. Um, but I was just listening to Melody as she went over these parts. Now, the book itself is not specifically focused for writers or creatives necessarily. It's, it's, it's really excellent for encompassing conscious living. It's just important, something important that one of our focuses here on the podcast, but we love when we get together, when we're not on a podcast and we're talking about these things, we really love talking about how it can apply to creativity and writing in particular for most of us. So that was really the genesis of this idea of taking the different seasons as discussed in the book and bringing them forward as we, and as Gina said, we're going to be talking about each season individually as the season happens. So uh, that's why we started with spring because we're kind of sort of springing around right now. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about this. Like uh, Gina said, she's got some issues with spring. I've got some issues with spring. So it's, I didn't say uh, issues. Didn't, <laughs> didn't say issues. Yeah, well, I'm I in between the lines. There, okay, Gina. okay. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to hand it back to Melody so that can you give us a little bit more insight into spring since that's the topic we're having today and kind of give us a look-see into what issues you think creatives like us might be dealing with. I know we've got a couple of examples on deck that we'll talk about later, but uh, let's let's get to the meat of it. Talk about spring, Melody. Uh, thank you, uh, Kimbu. Yes, you are correct. It is not a book specifically on writing, but this system is a system of balance and harmony, and it works for any 
uh, project, season, relationship, everything in life has a season. And I got really excited about uh, understanding the seasons that we move through in the writing process. And when I understood them better, I helped understand my own writing process better. So in the season of spring, um, this is the season of visions as I, as I remember reflected on earlier, planning, decision-making and good boundaries. So this is a season where we, where we create outlines. We have first drafts. We get everything. Those ideas that just stated in winter season are popping. We pick one little that sprout that came up that we, uh, is calling to us to develop and, we start on our first draft and writing like a crazy person and getting involved with our characters. And it's a very exciting time. And uh, the reason I feel we need the structure in decision-making and planning when we come into this area is without it, and I am guilty of this, you know, it's like writing, 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 squirrel, you know, and I'm off on some other project or some other book or some <laughs> <laughs> on something else, and uh, I've lost track of my vision and my focus. I don't know if any of you have ever had any of those problems. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Lots of pretty new shiny objects sitting on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, I, I and it makes me think because I am somebody who has so many writing projects open at the same time. Like some people write one thing and then they go to the next thing. And I'm totally not like that. And in thinking about that, I think it's important just to point out, too, that when we say spring, it's easy to think about the time of year that we're in, but this is also a metaphorical concept. You could be in spring in the creative process at any time of the year. So I just wanted to make that clear because I think some, some listeners might think I'm supposed to start my new book in June or, you know, April every year. And that's not quite what we're no, talking about. No, you're absolutely right? correct. And uh, it's, it is the metaphorical part of the process. However, this actual seasonal natural of the world, natural world can help us draw on, reflect on those qualities that we can employ. And so bringing those in, because not only does everything and every project relationship have a season, there's seasons within the seasons. So there's a beginning part of spring coming right out of winter that looks very different than the end of spring where you're getting ready to go into summer. And these, they all work and support mm -hmm. together. We'll talk a little bit later about how you can support your work uh, using the qualities and strengths of all the seasons. So one of the things I am personally challenged with in the spring processes, I tend to get all juiced up with a new creative idea. I see the big vision. I see where it can go. This is very exciting. I love my characters. But then this vision grows and grows and grows. And I can even uh, get to the place where I get bogged down when it comes to the long haul of putting that all onto the paper and getting a finished product. That means a book in print, finished, actually finished, edited and finished. And this slog uh, it takes to make, you know, make it through that 
finished product. You can get bogged down in, in the overwhelm of possibly a lack of resources or depleting, you know, my passion for the excitement I once felt. And uh, in the past, I didn't know how to manage the steps of the creative process so well. So I tend to lose interest and go off onto, as we said, the next shiny object. I'd like to hear from uh, Gina about uh, her experience of this part of the process. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so like I mentioned, I love spring. I love the birth of new ideas. I tend to I tend to birth them often and so it is a real concerted effort for me to stick with something for the long haul like a book. I was working with my creativity coach trainer a number of years ago and I've been working on a novel off and on for quite a long time and I had probably two thirds of it written from the front and then I had four different endings, four different possibilities. And then I had a little chunk in between that I needed to connect those. And because I couldn't decide what I wanted that ending to be, I couldn't write that missing chunk. I couldn't even approach it because I didn't know what I was shooting for. And I'm the kind of writer that needs that. I have come to learn. And so the best advice that I have ever received in terms of writing coaching was when, um, Dr. Maisel said to me, would you just pick one? All you need to do is pick one. It's, you know, there's no right or wrong answer here. Any of those endings could potentially work. And if you write, if you pick one and you write toward that ending and you find you don't like it, then you can go pick another one, but you're never going to move forward unless you pick one. So that whole idea of making choices and decision-making that has to go along for us to have some balance in spring is something that apparently I'm challenged with. I think uh, from talking to a lot of uh, fellow writers, you are not alone in that challenge at all. Remembering, you know, the element of spring is wood, strength with flexibility. I created certain boundaries for my writing process when I was in the middle of my eight year journey writing soul of the season. And I was lucky enough to be gifted a a retreat out at a farm in rural Maryland. And so I created a schedule for my writing process. I had nothing to distract me. Um, So I'd get up, I'd eat, I'd have a meal. I would settle down from this hour to this hour and do some writing. I'd take a break for lunch, possibly a nap. I'd get up and I'd write further. Well, one day I woke up and it had snowed like a foot the night before. And the the new snow, it had all cleared off and it was bright and sunny out. And the new snow was just gorgeous out on there. And I just, I kept getting called to come out, to go outside and play in it. I love walking in the snow. And, uh, but I would say, you know, my schedule, which I had dutifully printed out and put on the refrigerator. Um, I'm like, but my schedule doesn't allow for me going out and playing in the snow. And um, I remembered, you know, strength and flexibility that I need to support myself on all levels. And this is something that, I'm passionate about and have fun with. 
So got my boots on, went outside, went for a walk in the woods and just was being in that uh, season of winter and recognizing the life that still lives within winter and the things that we have to die to in our writing process or within us personally to move on to the next level. And, you know, it opened things up so much for me. I was able to write a whole chapter in my book on it. So, you know, being too attached to your planning and your boundaries and decision making can have its drawbacks as well. Well, the things that I have have learned about from talking with you about spring and from reading your book um, in terms of, you know, the ideation creation stage uh, versus the actual doing and the hard work and how sometimes that work may not look like we think it's going to look. And, you know, oh, what yeah, you told us yeah, about, so true. you know, going out in the snow, that fed your creative process and your movement forward in a way that you didn't anticipate. And so being open to those kinds of things. And like you said, not being so strict about uh, a given schedule, having, having the devotion to our writing process, yes, but not being so rigid that we don't um, that we end up missing opportunities that could move us forward in ways that we don't anticipate. And I really like the way that these two examples uh, compare and contrast, because for you, Gina, it was an example of having to dial in and marry yourself to something that you were resisting, like pick an ending, pick any ending and write towards it. Whereas for Melody, it was, don't be tied to the schedule that's stuck to the refrigerator and instead go out and explore the natural world and be inspired by that. It's two versions of inspiration and, and being motivated by that inspiration. And yet they're so connected in regards to being flexible and respecting boundaries and knowing when to apply those boundaries. So I was just something I was thinking of when, when you were both talking. And the self-awareness that it takes mm -hmm. to recognize which path is best for you. You know, too. that's a big key mm -hmm. in all of this is uh, becoming more self-aware of yourself, uh, as a, not only as a person, but your, your uh, writing no. process. Uh, because how else would you know what you really need <laughs> if you're just married to your to-do list? And, and, and I have to really be generous with myself because um, discipline has been a dirty word to me for a long time. And ew, structure, meh, meh, outline. Speaking of which, you had a really interesting <laughs> story about outlining, which is a you know, form of structure in the writing process. Kim Boo, can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah I hate the pantser. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. I'm a pantser. I've, I've been a pantser for, uh, you know, most of my writing life. I talk about in one of my own podcast episodes, a situation where I had, um, where I kind of learned that I was a pantser. And I'm going to intro with that because I think it, it fits into where we're going with this conversation and me learning about boundaries and reframing boundaries and being creative was that back in the 90s, before like the internet was a thing and you wanted to learn how to write, you would go to Borders Bookstore or Barnes and Nobles and you'd sit down in the writing section, you'd pull the books off the shelf, 
all of them, and then go through them looking for advice. And of course, there was a lot of advice on how to outline your book. So had a great epic fantasy story idea. I I did exact, I took my notes, I outlined the whole thing. It was like three to five pages of an outline. And at the time that it was done, I was done with the story. My brain considered it written because I had written the whole outline and it was a very intricate outline. I learned my lesson the hard way, which was that I couldn't do things the way other people were telling me to do them. Fast forward 25 years and uh, I've been a pantser most of the whole time. I will eventually do outlines usually in, in the post process when I need to figure out where the beats are in the story, if I'm fixing and editing, but I just sit down, I have an idea, I have an idea where I wanted to go and I start writing. And what Melody is talking about is that recently I switched over to learning dictation for my writing, both for productivity and also ease on my joints uh, as an accessibility issue. I am getting older and typing a lot can get painful. So I wanted to explore dictation and it's very different. It's not sitting down at the typewriter. Uh, one dictation coach that I talked to was very helpful when they said, well, do you remember how long it took you how to learn how to touch type? Well, that's not going to take as long to learn how to do dictation well, but it's still going to be a learning curve. So it has been a learning curve. And the most <laughs> shocking thing to me about it is that what I learned is that I need to outline for dictation. <laughs> I was, I, Gina was there the day that I really realized this. I think we were at our co-writing or our co-working thing at Domi. And I was basically like putting my head on your shoulder and crying about it because I'm like, I don't know how to outline. What is this boundaries <laughs> thing you're talking about? What is this, what is this making a list of things that happen? And I'm supposed to know beforehand how it goes, but for dictation, as a completely different type of activity for my brain, I had to be open and this comes get kind of circles back around to the flexibility idea and the importance to that, to the creative process is I couldn't do it the way I had been doing it. If I want to dictate a story, I have to maybe not have the whole thing outlined, but I need to know what that scene is going to be. I need to know who the characters are in it, they're talking about, where they're going, where they're going to get to, and the setup for the next scene. And that has been a really tough learning curve for me. But when I do it, I can dictate a scene very well and very fast, which was kind of the goal. So uh, it's definitely been a learning process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I learned the same thing myself because, you know, writing fiction, it's like all the characters and the scenes and they're just moving. And it's like, how fast can my fingers go? Don't <laughs> trouble me with some foreign thing called an outline. I won't be having any of that. However, you know, the novel I'm working on now is a roughly based on the life of my grandmother and great grandmother. So I want to have some of that as a sort of the bones of the story. And also it's a bit historical. So I really did have to create an outline in a timeline of when things were happening and how that influenced the characters. There's just no way I could have kept that all in my head as I moved my story forward. So in that way, structure was my friend, my friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I do that with world building because I, 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 I do a oh. lot of fantasy and science fiction and you, you can't keep it all in your head. You can't. 
Like, I'm sure Jean is just laughing at us because her novel is entirely historical for 20th, 20, 20th century. God, what century are we in? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing a lot of similar yeah. things on research and structural and building the bones of the story around those facts. And as I'm listening to both of you, you know, talk about your challenges and experiences you know, my brain is going off in a million different directions. You know, you're talking about world building, you're talking about character development, um, you know, just the storylines in general that we, uh, that pantsers tend to just let flow. And, you know, I'm thinking about all of the places where there are opportunities for us to spark new ideas that can take us down rabbit holes, you know, the mm -hmm. research that we need to do, you know, all of those things are things that we need to create boundaries around, um, mm -hmm. or we just end up going off on these tangents that uh, prevent us from doing, <laughs> from getting done, from getting to the finish line. Let's not even talk about tvtropes.com. That's just a dangerous place to, to, to even go near. Don't even or, tell me. You know, don't want to know. <laughs> I was listening to uh, an author recently. He's like, yeah, if you get stuck on ideas, just go to tvtropes.com and you'll get some great suggestions on tropes to use in your story. And like, I was like, no, don't, don't do that. You'll never be seen again. You know, it's just a, a rabbit hole. Of, but you're right. As far as. Uh, and I'm certainly prey to that with my my fictional world building, which I almost love uh, more than actual writing. I could just write encyclopedias for fun about places that don't exist. Sounds like a good time. Uh, but it's easy, easy to get, you know, and, and I'm thinking of spring and I'm thinking of, you know, the, the burst of energy and life and excitement and and be like wow things are popping up all over the place and i'm just gonna dive right in and then you know six hours later you haven't eaten and you haven't written and you, it's like it's, it can it can it can come back and bite you is what i'm saying uh, absolutely uh, you bring up a really good point so how do we sustain that enthusiasm and excitement of what our first visions and mm -hmm. when we first started on it. And uh, I'm glad you, you brought up the point of being fed because food is only one way to nourish ourselves. We need to be nourished intellectually. We need to be nourished with friends and family, uh, joy and laughter. We need to be nourished with downtimes. We need to be um, nourished by remembering beauty and those things that inspire us. What, what do you draw on for nourishment? Let's start with you, Gina. I'd like to know what you draw on for nourishment during your writing process. As much as it sounds like it might be a distraction, the thing that I have found that works the best for me, and I've mentioned this in a lot of different ways over time is walking outside in nature by myself, um, you know, specifically being by myself so that I can go, go inside so I can hear myself thinking, um, just giving myself that space and time sometimes is either a necessary break from the creative process or a change in you know, my physical venue oftentimes will bring about other ideas that if I'd stayed behind the computer screen wouldn't have come to me. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good one for me, too. And fresh air, uh, yeah. you know, the physical aspects of it, too. The movement, the fresh air. So it serves me in a lot Absolutely. of ways. Absolutely. How about you, Kimbu? Sounds awful. <laughs> fresh air, being outside. I'm like, I don't. Wow, you too. You weirdos. <laughs> uh, obviously, going for a walk is not what I do. Uh, I walk my dog, but there, that's about it. I was thinking as you were asking this and, and as Gina, as you were answering, like, what is, what is the cycle? What is the process for me to stay engaged in the creative process? Right. And I realized that for me, uh, the, it kind of comes out of my fan fiction background. And this is something I learned when I was writing a lot of fan fiction back in like 2008 through 2010 or 2012. And that is to have multiple ideas generating at the same time. And I, I kind of touched on this earlier where I'm somebody who likes to have multiple projects going. And I know that some writers absolutely can't do that. So I'm not advising that this is a solution to your problem. Um, but for me, if a story, if, I, if I'm coming into the drudgery aspect of a story or I'm feeling the creative spark dim, I don't fight it. I go and I actually just work on a different story one that does excite me. And it sounds kind of like the squirrel chasing the nut around the yard and then there's another nut and then there's another nut. But what I found is that engaging with the creative process encourages the creative process. And even if I'm working on a story and then I work on a different story, at some point I'll circle back around to the story that I had been working on and had lost interest in or had found difficulty with and go, oh, that's right. That's what I needed to do with that story. Oh, this is great. It's going to be so exciting. I can write the next scene now. I know what's going to happen. And so for me, it's just constantly engaging in that cycle and that process and keeping that alive. I think that's what I do the most. I mean, there's a lot of other small things I do. I love reading nonfiction. It's a great resource for ideas about the natural world as opposed to out walking in it, in the sun and the the heat and that sort of thing. No, but I'll listen to books about it. You know, I really love listening to things about nature. Well, I personally do a bit of a combination of the two. Sometimes I do need to be out in nature oh, interesting. and um, just completely step away from the whole writing process for a moment, have some downtime. Uh, but I also need to engage with what you were talking about is maybe engage with your in community at times um, and talking to other artists and writers who inspire me, encourage me, support me, I think is really helpful. Get my, you know, juices flowing, my ideas sparking again. So I kind of draw on both of those uh, mm. to help keep me going. I'm glad you brought up the community aspect, Melody, mm -hmm. because I think we don't give that enough credence. You know, I think that we're introverts, a lot of us by nature, not everybody, of course, who writes as an introvert. But I think that for the most part, we think of writing as a solitary experience and we don't give the way that a community can nourish and nurture us enough credit sometimes. So I'm glad you brought mm -hmm. that up. Oh, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And Gina and 
Kimbu and I, you know, get together on an irregular basis and we always have some, you know, new ideas that pop up or fresh ways to look at old ideas. Um, and, and I just find that so helpful. Um, you know, in, in Five Element, it's recommended to draw when you get stuck or in a difficult part of the process to draw on the qualities of all of the seasons, all of the elements to help support you and move you forward. So we talked about the things in spring that helped us move forward in the season and the other seasons. So if we're talking about the writing process, the season of, of uh, winter covers new characters, um, new worlds, maybe new story ideas that can be kind of exciting, but it's also a quiet time, a down time, not a time for doing, but let things bubble up for you. Um, I, you can literally sleep on it. Um, when I finished my, <laughs> you know, manuscript, I don't know how many drafts that was, but when I was in the place, I was sent it off to uh, the final, before I sent it off to the final edit with Gina, I literally printed out my 400 some page manuscript and put it under my mattress and slept on it for three weeks. And just. <laughs> you literally slept on it. I literally <laughs> slept on it. Um, you know, I needed to let it go from the conscious mind because um, in that season of winter, there's a lot that goes beyond uh, on under the surface of our, you know, awareness. This is where curiosity and creativity bubbles up. And um, if we knew everything, there would be no reason for writing. There would be no reason for romance or you know, the curious mind, because how boring, we would already know it all. There would be no this exploration <laughs> of new worlds and creating fantasies and all the fun stuff that goes on with it. So our downtime is really important. Um, in the season of summer, it's a lot is uh, happening during that time. We're pounding our work into shape and we're trying to, you know, mature it so to speak to get it in out from the first draft where it was like throwing everything out on the table including the kitchen sink and the dog and the cat and whatever else landed and then putting it in a way that it is co cohesive and it flows and it makes sense and uh, that's also the season of our passion and joy and included in that is our sense of community and um, we can draw on our community to help support us as we just talked about and to remember why we got excited about our vision or our story idea in the first place. And the season of, of harvest is kind of this season, it's short. Uh, short in the natural world, and it's often short in, in our inner worlds because it is a, a stage of completion where everything's done, the last edit has been done, the last revision is done. And 
it's this place of sweet satisfaction in knowing we have put our heart and soul into it. We've created this uh, work and we can be nourished by it and we can send it out where it can be offered for nourishment for others. The following season of fall is important during this process because this is the, I talked about the, the metal, the knife, the, the thing that cuts away. So this is a, when we need to let go of something to separate what's really valuable in our writing process. Um, I had a hundred and some thousand words in my manuscript and, you know, feared my readers would get carpal tummy just trying to lift my book. So I had a lot of cutting to do uh, during that <laughs> process. And um, this is also the season where it might be good to bring in a trusted friend. And I emphasize trusted friend, somebody who uh, understands the writing process. Uh, and your genre is would be helpful too. Um, if it's closer to the final draft, it may be the time where you might ask a beta reader to help with that. So these are all the things and we're going to talk about all these seasons and coming episodes. And we'll talk with each one more fully so you get a better understanding of them. But to remember, they're all supporting us all the time. I'd like to, to jump in because you just you just downloaded a lot of information there. Melody, that was a lot. I did. But we will have a uh, worksheet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a little worksheet um, for each when we do these particular episodes. There's gonna be something for you to download uh, that's gonna give you a description of the season. In this case, it's gonna have a description of spring. Um, it's going to ask you some questions about either challenges or things that you appreciate uh, for that season in your writing life. Uh, again, this is going to be a worksheet focused on your writing life. And then we're going to have uh, Melody, not we, this is definitely going to be for Melody because I wouldn't know what to tell you, <laughs> but she's going to give you, just like she went over the seasons right now about different aspects of it, um, helpful prompts that you, questions that you can ask yourself that, uh, that are come from the other seasons and bring it into the season that you're currently dealing with or that we're talking about and can help you maybe get a better focus on the issues that you're having or even find some the right questions to ask to find solutions to the problems that you're having. So we will have that available. Uh, it'll be a download on our website, aroundthewriterstables.com for the page for uh, this particular episode. So definitely, if you're hearing, listening to this podcast on one of the many distribution channels that we're available on, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever, go to our website, check it out. The download will be available there uh, for you to explore and learn a little bit more, along with links to Melody's book, which is, again, as we've talked about before, is just an excellent tool for exploring your life as a whole, not just as a writer. Now, I love the idea that we're going to do this worksheet because there is a lot of information, you know, and that's why we're mm. talking about one season at a time in each episode. We've given you this overview, though, and so, um, you know, focus now on spring and then we'll do the other seasons in future episodes. But the application of this um 
of this process, this methodology to the writing and creative life has just been fascinating for me to explore. And it was, it was so enlightening to work on the book with, with Melody and, you know, not only apply it to my writing life, but to my life in general. Um, it's, it's a real treasure trove for, for personal development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I vouch for that. Well, thank you both. And, and uh, it really helped makes so much more sense for me about the process, not only writing process, but process of life. So yes, we're going to include a few exercises in it and some outline of the material that we talked about today. I want to say I'm super grateful actually for this information because um, we were having a little discussion before we started our podcast today and uh, to be frank, all three of us had just kind of had a rough week so far. I know it's only Tuesday, uh, you know. Uh, Kibu had a friend who was really sweet, and Gina had a you know death of a family friend that was really weighing on her. And I had a knee injury I'm having to deal with, and. But the structure that we created coming together and the outline that we worked to put together gave us a comforting structure to be able to pull together and work together. So this stuff works. It works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And I, and I remember you were saying a little something earlier about, you know, the important part is kind of the meta aspect of it, of being able to pull back and know thyself and, and, that's very valuable for me in my writing. And I admit, I spend a lot of time trying not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. It's so much easier just to ignore it. Right? That's the, the oblivious. It's such a nice place to be. It's not really, but, you know, sometimes it has a certain appeal. So. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, are we wrapping up now? Are we, are we? Got anything unless, else you want to Unless add? Melody's got something oh, to add, I think we covered don't a lot. get me started. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> okay, moving right along. We, we didn't even talk about the emotion of anger. That's a whole other chapter, and maybe we'll talk about it in character development because it's actually quite fascinating. Uh, It'll be go. really interesting. There you go. And that's the interesting part of this whole system is how it can apply to different aspects of the writing process, not just as a whole. So I am looking forward to our future podcast about this. We're next one is up is going to be summer, which we're not doing next month. We're going to be doing the month after that. Uh, so in July, in the summer, uh, <laughs> in the summer, right. When so definitely in July in Florida, it'll be summer for sure. Uh, I don't know. We haven't decided on what our next podcast is actually the topic is. We've had a couple of ideas we're floating around, but don't worry. Y'all will be putting that information out there as soon as we've got it. So uh, any any other parting words for our writer community out there, ladies? Just appreciation no. for listening and letting us come into your into your ear for forty five mm-hmm. minutes or so. Oh, I I <laughs> wanted to uh, just add that um, we would love to entertain your questions about this or any other podcast. I believe mm, there's a yeah. link on our on our web page where you can submit your questions and we'll take a little time uh, in our next podcast to answer any questions that people have dropped in. Yeah, there's actually a, 
a comments uh, section at the bottom of the main page. You can just scroll mm -hmm. down and put your questions or your comments in there. Yep. That's Around the writers table.com. Ta-da! All right, y'all. Well, I really appreciate the conversation as always. And uh, I guess we'll be seeing each other on the flip side, so to speak. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.